Welcome to episode 189. Are you sick of diets that don't work long term or diets that mean you can't enjoy food that you actually love? Guess what? You and every other human on the globe that are or have been stuck in the diet yo-yo cycle before, which is why I'm very happy to be sharing this conversation with a fellow practitioner that also understands diets and weight loss is for the most part not really about food, calories, data or the scales. On this episode, we talk to the ideas that operate behind diet culture, why they're toxic and how modern humans are stuck in a wormhole of dopamine addiction that leads to a never-ending struggle of trying to do the right thing for yourself, when in reality, self-care is actually one of the best things you can do for yourself or anyone in your immediate world. If you're feeling like, yep, I need to listen to this one, then let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? In 2022, it's my mission to coach 300 people to get control of their emotional eating so they can lose weight and actually keep it off without counting calories or eating rabbit food. And on this exact topic, we have a wonderful guest on here today that is totally after my own heart in regards to the way to successfully and sustainably lose weight and improve the state of your health that you're experiencing right now. Her name is Amy Tsai, and she runs Fit and Fierce Over 40. She's been a personal trainer for over 25 years and made the switch from primarily focusing on the physical workouts in the gym across to helping women lose weight without having to ever diet again. You're starting to see how Amy and myself are aligned, right? (laughs) Amy's a fellow advocate against toxic diet culture that messes up so many humans on the planet's brains and particularly toxic and consuming for women. Uh, And we're here to talk about that and start changing the narrative about how to get healthy and lose weight in a healthy way. Uh, Amy, welcome to the show. I'm wrapped to have you here. Well, thank you so much. So happy to be here. I love that. Like never have to eat rabbit food. Or the other one that I like saying is, is uh, you don't have to kill yourself at the gym. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's, it's funny people have these right? belief systems built into them, right? After all these years, you've got to absolutely flog yourself in order to make any progress. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like, you know, like, oh my God, I got to go run a marathon. Oh, I got to do CrossFit. I got to go flip tires. Like, no, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's probably a good good point to start with personal training, right? So you were a personal trainer for a very long time. At what point did you as a personal trainer start to realize or, or your belief system start to change that it maybe wasn't about what you thought it was about in the beginning? Well, to be honest, I've never dieted ever in my life, you know, and, and I've actually even tried to read diet books just to see what the what the hype was. It's like, what's the, what's everybody reading? And I remember mm. I couldn't even, re- I couldn't even get through the books. I was like, this is nonsense, right? I mean, if I don't, <laughs> if I don't, I think I was, I was reading in the Mediterranean diet, uh, where you have to eat Mediterranean food, drink wine, and I don't know what else they do, but, and I remember thinking, I don't eat like that. So how am I supposed to, how am I, how am I going to eat that way if I don't eat that way? You know what I mean? Like I have to change everything. Totally. And I was like, this is pure nonsense, right? But I thought, okay, well, let's just see what, what everybody's into. And so I've never been a big proponent of dieting, period. I just was all about like, just just aim to feel good. If you just aim to feel good, 
then you can't go wrong, right? You just have to tune into yourself versus trying to like listen to what everybody else is doing or what everybody else is doing or listening to you or reading or whatever. It's just like people, women have gotten so, has lost their own trust in themselves, right? It's like they're, they're looking for answers outside of them when all they have to do is ask themselves. And uh, so I've never been... Yeah. So, I mean, when I did it, when I was a trainer, I literally did fitness training because that's what women wanted. Like they came to me for fitness and then be like, in the end, they like, okay, well, I Mm want to lose weight. So I would help them lose weight in the process of, of training them physically. And now I do the opposite where I work on the, the mindset piece, like trying to uh, help them with their thinking and their belief, like what they're thinking, believing and doing uh, versus what they're versus being at the gym. So I literally do the, the opposite now where I still do have some training clients, but most of my work is, is coaching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did I answer your question? <laughs> yeah, oh, totally. We're just okay. having a conversation here. Sometimes it yeah. goes off, off path. Sometimes it stays on. Who knows, you know? <laughs> organic. That's We're all about organic. Yes. Oh, I'm curious, like... It's it's amazing. You must be the only woman in the world that's never been on a diet, like literally. Um, and so I'm curious, after working with so many people and seeing so many people that are obsessed with their diets, um, and and just hearing different bits of feedback and information, like what is missing? Like what have has everybody gotten wrong in their diet attempts that has meant that they maybe got a result for a short period of time, and but then in the long run they were bigger than they've ever been before. Right. And there's two, I think it's two, there might be three, but two for sure that I can think of off the top of my head. One is that they don't trust themselves. Mm -hmm. They don't trust that what they know is right. Right. And, and also they think it's food related. Mm -hmm. It's not food related. Food is just what happens when you're, it's what you're thinking and feeling before you reach for the food, mm-hmm. right? So that's what's driving you to the food. There, there's a trigger that drives you to the food. So it's that trigger. It's usually an emotion, right, that, that drives you to food. So people are so busy counting calories. But if you're not dealing with the emotion, you're always going to be emotionally eating. So it's, it's backwards. So that's what, and, 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 and women just don't trust themselves. Like, oh, I shouldn't be eating that. Like, why not? What's wrong with eating a piece of cake? What's wrong with the having some chips? I mean, f- you know, food is one of the um, one of the one of the biggest pleasures in life, you know. And and you totally. know, potato chips and and cakes and we won't say what the other one is. We all know what it is. <laughs> but uh, cakes and cookies and things are meant to be enjoyed. You know, they're not they're not evil yeah. food. You know, and and we yeah, should no, all totally we, we all deserve to eat those foods, right? I mean, I eat, I have potato chips in the house all day long. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess there's a there's a tricky situation there too because mm-hmm. I totally agree that food should be um something that's enjoyed and and these, you know, pleasure foods or treat foods or however the whichever mm-hmm. language you use around them, I call them mood foods. Mm-hmm. Um because mm-hmm. yeah, I think most people go towards those foods when they're in a particular mood, but it's also mood food is not a phrase that is stigmatized like good or bad. Yes. It's not polarizing. Yes. And so the other thing is though that these foods are like designed with billions of dollars worth of companies funding to hack the neuro circuitry of the dopamine pathways in the brain and and this is i think this is a big part of the issue is that people have their emotional self wants nourishment and care and love and they th- and and 
the easiest way to get that, which is producing serotonin and dopamine in their body, um, is to go towards these hyper-palatable, extremely addictive, particularly in the case of sugar foods. And so I think it's, it's like... You know, how, how do we, what's your experience with navigating that space? Because it's one thing to give yourself permission. It's another thing to fall down the slippery slope of permission and say, well, you know, I love myself every day. And then I died 15 years younger because I gave myself permission too many times. Yeah, that's a really good point. And the most part is, is, you know, they might say that they're happy, but they're not. Like, n- there's no woman out there, no person out there that is overweight and happy. You know, I mean, and, the, you know, the, the reality is, is there are a lot of people out there that are at their ideal body weight and are unhappy, let alone the weight. Right. Mm. So that's that's, you know, so that's that's one. And two is they, they you're right. They do have to understand, you know, the foods, how they've been manufactured to 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 create that addictive quality in it. And, um, and to be able, and to recognize that, right? So it's like they have to be able to decipher, is it an emotional trigger or is it the addictiveness of the food that's driving you towards the food and being able to decipher which one is it, you know, and, and it's, and it's, it's a learning process. It really is. And, um, I think, I think the, I think you probably have to tackle both in the end, but maybe just depending on, you just have to like give yourself the permission to stop and think about it. We don't, you know, women don't, or people just don't question themselves when they're driven to food. They just, they want the food, they go, they eat it, then they feel gross, then they feel bad, they punish themselves, they're cruel, you know, they're, you know, all these horrible things come out of their mouths, and then they keep, they beat themselves up until it's over, until the next time it happens. So nothing, the cycle just goes around and around and around, and nothing changes. They're expecting different results, but there hasn't been any change for a different result to happen. Right. So that's that's part of the problem. So uh, like just stopping for 30 seconds to go, wait a minute, am I even hungry? Why do I want this food? What am I feeling? What's going on in my life? Is there stress, anxiety? Am I lonely? Am I bored? Like, what is it? Right. So it's it's a lot of it's it's never it's it's never one simple quick answer, <laughs> unfortunately. But you're going to have to peel back all those onion layers to get to to the root cause of why, you know, why you have this extra weight. Right. Because there is a reason. There is a reason for it. What do you find those reasons most often to be? The root would be belief system, their own belief system, mm-hmm. their self-worth, you know, and and also uh, on another layer, it could be trauma. And trauma doesn't necessarily mean, you know, physically, abu- physically abused or anything like that. It could be, you know, being made fun of as a kid in a schoolyard. It could be anything like that, right? And, and everything in between. So it's the belief system for sure that's, they don't believe that they, they are deserving to be happy in their body. There's something that's stopping them for that punishment, you know, like they, they don't deserve to be happy. So stuff happens, right? That's what I yeah. find. Yeah, yeah, no, no, totally. Um, I think they all play into mm-hmm. it. It's interesting. I saw an advertisement mm-hmm. the other day on YouTube for somebody who also works in our space. Um, and she mm-hmm. was basically like, it's not trauma. It's not sugar addiction. It's not all of these things. Uh, you're just basically eating too much. And I was like, come on, come mm-hmm. on. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe like, 1970s. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That, that kind of thought process, right? But we've come a long way in terms of you know, uh, in, in this arena, what we're, what, you know, trying to discover what the root cause of, of why, why we have this extra weight 
And it's 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 not a it's not a, it's not a superficial answer. You, you got to dig a little deeper than that. Totally, and and I I mean yeah. People can argue that, um, you know, it's a very Western privileged problem to be able to think about your feelings and overeating. But I think we're in maybe this um, social evolution of, of, of awareness because the internet has given us for the last 30 odd years access to information and understanding beyond what we could ever have thought possible. So I think we're still as a society, we're like drunk babies trying to figure out how to actually apply all of this information that we're learning. And so now we're in a situation where it's like, I know I'm traumatized. I know I'm emotionally eating right now. I know I'm not helping myself. I know I need to deal with my shit, but I don't know how to take the next step because it's like we're in like total information overwhelm. Yes, I would have to agree with you. There's just so much information out there, right? And like, where do you even begin? Where do you even even start, right? And and the problem with, you know, the, 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 some of the stuff that's out there in the, in the, um, the main media channels, like the news and like, you know, like, and stuff is that they're, they're cherry picking, you know, data to suit their, to suit their needs. Right. And they're not telling the whole truth. And, and every time someone sends me, um, an article about, oh, did you know that eating celery would make you lose weight or, you know, some nonsense like that, right? Some celery diet or whatever, some kind of nutrition or, or drink, you know, uh, drinking four cups of coffee is good, is good for uh, weight loss. It's like, you know, like, no, no, that's yeah. <laughs> because it's considered an antioxidant. Yeah, it might be an antioxidant, but, you know, anyways, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Right. So and that really, and I chocolate. find that really annoying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I see it all the time. Right. It's like, don't read that stuff. <laughs> Ask a professional that you know, find somebody that you can trust that has your best interests. That's where I would begin, right? Yeah. (laughs) And even that's tricky though, because like as we've learned particularly, and I know we've kind of had conversations offline in this area, Mm -hmm. but as we've learned in the last two years, like those professionals are just paid employees of a big system that has a narrative and it's the same with the food industry. Like the, the stuff that I was taught in my nutrition degree, I was like, they're paid to say this and I would never tell anybody to do this. Like, you know, and so it's important, like you said, to find someone you trust because just because somebody has a doctor status or a dietitian status doesn't mean they're up to date. Like most of the things you're taught in university are 30 years old and new research takes about 30 years to go into the universities to then educate the, you know, the, the young kids to then get it back out into the, the workplace. And they're, they're always 30 years behind, right? Um, so not to mention that some of the stuff that we know now because of the internet and because of independent businesses, uh, the government are never going to support or publish because it goes against what they're trying to do. Yes, yes. yeah, And you're right. And you're right. Like, you, you, like, you know, like the diet culture is everywhere and even like marketing is everywhere, even in health food stores, right? And you think yeah. about the different the different types of supplements they are there that's out there. Like it's like, you know, you gotta you gotta have a PhD to figure out what you need and what you should be taking. <laughs> <laughs> or even even never you don't really go to the health foods, just go to the grocery store and go to the egg section. Like when did eggs become so complicated? <laughs> <laughs> brown eggs white eggs uh omega-3 eggs uh you know free range eggs and this egg i was like what the heck is going on I, I, even i don't know what to buy i'm like what is this 
Yeah, totally agree. And and the irony is on the back end, a lot of a lot of the cases, at least in Australia, there's only eleven companies that basically own all the food. And so it's like ah. it's it's the illusion of choice that it's like, oh, mm. I'm supporting this or supporting this. And it's like the same capitalist conglomerate that uh, you know, that owns all of the brands anyway. But in there you mentioned diet culture. Um can like in your experience, how would you define mm. diet culture? Oh, anything that's restrictive, you know, like a one size fits all. Like if you're, if you're on some diet program where they're telling you to have, you know, these macros or whatever, or don't eat this and don't eat, telling you what to do. Basically, anybody that's telling you what to do is diet culture, right? (laughs) (laughs) Where it's going against what you want to do. That's diet culture where it's like good food, bad food. They're pinning you like it's a no win situation because it's like, you know, it's a one size fits all. They don't, who, 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 like, nobody knows you from a hole in the wall and they're telling you all these rules. Right? Nobody knows you from a hole in the wall. That's hilarious. I've never heard that. <laughs> they, they, don't, they don't know what your circumstances are. They don't know what your life is like. They don't know your body type. They don't know what you enjoy to eat, don't enjoy to eat. They don't know your activity level. They have no idea. You know, mm-hmm. and the reality is, is you can eat all the things you want to eat and still lose weight. All you have to do is tune. Okay, the, the, so what's the difference? The difference is, okay, do I eat you know fast food three square meals a day for seven days a week? Am I am I going to lose weight? No, for sure you're not. But could I eat fast food once a week and not gain weight? Yeah, you probably could, right? So it's literally a balance. It's like it's like getting on a scale, maybe not on a scale, like on a teeter totter. It's like okay. What was too much? What was not enough? What was too much? What was not enough? And getting that fine balance and trying to figure out, okay, yeah, eating eating fast food five days a week isn't working, but you know what? I can cut back to two days a week and it would still satisfy me and I would still feel good. Okay, you get to two days a week. I was like, okay, you know what? Hmm, maybe I can cut back one day a week and still be satisfied with having fast food once a week. It's like, okay, you know what? I'm going to have fast food once a week and be satisfied with that. You still get to eat what you want. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's what that's what weight loss, permanent weight loss is when you tune in and figure out what works. Because when I ask women what they sh- think they should be eating, they all know. They all know. Don't you find that, Maddie? Have you asked you know people like your clients, and they all know like what do you think you should be doing? And and, and you're like, and you listen to them. You're like, yeah, you're absolutely right. The yeah. question is, why aren't they doing it? It's not the knowledge, right? It's why aren't they doing it is the bigger question. Hundred percent. I've spoken at the hospital yeah. that I used to work at. I've spoken at retreats mm-hmm. in multiple countries. Yeah. I've yeah, everywhere in the whole world, everybody knew what they should be eating. Like it's not some secret myth. And the only thing, yeah. like if people are following nutritionists online to learn about food, it really is splitting hairs by that point. It's like yes. if I'd prefer to have this vegetable over this vegetable, um, and maybe look, maybe you do have like a, you know a lectin issue or a gluten issue, and and that's good that you, you're yes. looking into that. But generally speaking, for nutrition, for you know the the normal kind of person. You don't really need to read any of those blogs that say, here's the top seven foods to lose weight or, you know, here's the the least carbohydrate vegetables type thing. It's like as long as you're eating anything from those families of food, like you are heading in the right direction. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we're also we're also culture obsessed with youth, like looking youthful, having better skin, tight skin and all this stuff, right? And the reality is, is, you know, the more vegetables you eat, 
the younger you will look. Yes. <laughs> you know, and um, forget the lotions and potions and the $300 creams and whatever. It's just, you know, just start, you know, when you, we all know that when we eat vegetables, we feel better. And we, we not only we feel better, we look better. Right. Oh, because totally. when you feel good, you when you feel good, you automatically look good. Right? So it's like if you got two hours of sleep last night and you had like, uh, you know, uh, three, like 10 drinks and you had hamburgers and fries all day long, you would you'd be tired and if you would feel crummy. And if I saw you be like you would look drained and tired probably. Right. But if you had like all your vegetables and you had, you know, like deep sea fish and you had like, you know, two liters of water and you got eight hours of sleep, you're going to feel good today. Right, Maddie? And I'd be like, Maddie, yeah. you look really, your skin looks clear <laughs> and you look good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's funny you say that because you would know this too. And, and you are one of these people in my world, Amy, is that so many of my health professional friends look so young um, and people often say oh it's your genetics oh you're just into health so you know what yeah. to eat and it's like you know what to eat too you've just got to do it for <laughs> a long time like and it's it's not some magic thing of, or genetics or anything like that like I would yes. look you know 50 if I ate fast food every single day it would it would be a thing you know that's right that's right. That's absolutely right. So when you, so, you know, so when we're obsessed with youth, it's just like, yeah, if you start eating better, you will look younger, yeah. you know, and people are, I mean, my husband's a perfect example. You know, he was like uh, eating uh, frozen pizzas and bottle and a bottle of wine for dinners every night until he met me. <laughs> and then his, and then his nieces said to him, um, like a few years later after we met, they're like, wow, Amy took 10 years off of your skin. And, um, and he didn't believe it until he would be on, you know, Zoom meetings and business meetings and they would, they, he would say how old he was and they were all shocked. They were like, wow, you look, he looks 10 years younger than his age. He'll be 57 this year and I'm 53. And they're like, wow, you look like you're about in your 40s. And it's because of all the vegetables I feed him. <laughs> <laughs> well, and for those people that are not watching but just listening, like... <laughs> Amy yeah. uh, does not look remotely 53, like not even remotely. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's because you're Asian skin. It's like, mm, yeah, maybe, perhaps, but it's definitely what you put in. It makes a huge, <laughs> huge difference. So if you want to like look like look young, but also feel good, yeah, it's uh, that's what you got to aim for. Eat to feel good, right? Do you think people... Um, it's one of those situations where people just get used to how food makes them feel. And so they, it's kind of better the devil I know than the one I don't. And because I, I find a lot of people even go into these diets or um, even if they are fad diets, but they go in and they do actually feel better. And they're like, I feel really good. But they get to the end and they still go back to where, where they were before. Or, or even when they're dealing with their emotions, we sort of go in and out of that old familiar feeling. Um, and, and why do you think that is? Well, I think too, you know, even those fad diets like that that do work for a short period of time, it's it's not sustainable over a long period because you you still want your you still want a glass of wine, you still want a piece of cake, mm -hmm. you still want to have a cookie, you know, and those things add up over time, mm -hmm. right? And um, so, I mean, I mean, I yeah, for sure, those things add up over time. So therefore, the when you do those types of short term 
cleanses or diets where it's super clean, it's not a bad thing because when you, if you do them often enough, your eating habits will change along the way because you will become less tolerant of those things like the alcohols and the, you know, and the refined sugars, you will become less tolerant. So therefore by attrition, you will, you will begin to eat healthier along the way. That's what, that's how I, that's what I did. I I remember I used to eat bags of cookies, like five rows of cookies Mm -hmm. (laughs) for a meal. Been there, totally been (laughs) there. Right, right, Maddie, you know, and, and, and a super big gulp. We're talking like a hundred teaspoons of sugar here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not including five rows of cookies. We're talking like, you know, a lot of sugar. And then in my 30s, I started cleaning up. I eat eating habits and doing lots of cleanses. Mm-hmm. And now my whole my my life is basically one giant cleanse, <laughs> where <laughs> where I just love to eat my vegetables and my clean food. And then every so often, I have my chips and you know the odd thing here or there. Like I I, don't, I can't even drink alcohol anymore. So. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook, And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Yeah. Well, it's interesting how your palate changes over time, right? Because, yeah, like you sort of, we grow up as kids being exposed to these sugars and and the sugar companies slowly over Mm -hmm. time have put more and more sugar in them. And so we're in this situation where, yeah, as adults, it's like, oh, this, you know, I don't eat much sugar, um, but your palate is so conditioned. And then once, yeah, you go the other direction, um, it's like been years maybe that you might not have eaten that food and then you come back and you're like, oh, how did I even like this? Yeah, exactly, right? So it, it can change when you do enough of those cleanses. I mean, the first one I did, I did it for eight weeks. I did a raw food diet for eight weeks. It took me eight weeks to prep for it. And mm-hmm. so it was 16 weeks in total. Yep. And then I did it every year and then I did it twice a year. And then now it's just like, yeah, it's just, and plus as you get older, you, you have, you're less tolerant for certain things. Like I'm less tolerant for caffeine. I'm less tolerant for, for, uh, for alcohols, less tolerant mm-hmm. on refined foods. So, you know, for me, it was, it was easy. It was easier for me that way. Yeah. But, uh, I still like my cookies and cakes and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're a human, right? Everybody. Yeah, you're, we're all human, right? There's nothing wrong with those things. So I'm curious <laughs> in the other direction of diet culture, right? So we're, we're, you and I are of the very similar position that, you know, these 
um, 10 week challenges or these eight week challenges are not sustainable. However, I find that most people, and it's the same with me in many areas of my life, whether it be for the podcast, whether it be in relationships, whatever Mm -hmm. it is, that having some clarity is still extremely useful because, you know, having no rules um, and maybe rules is the wrong word, um, but having no guidelines as to what is and is not okay can mean that people just sort of they're they're walking around the forest without a map, if that makes sense. Um, And so Mm -hmm. I'm wondering how do you navigate that space of deciding what is and isn't a food that should be included in today's meal? Oh, that's a really good question. You know, uh, I, mean, I think it's different for everybody. I think I always start with trying to figure out what their eating habits are like, what their struggles are, and then starting with sleep. Mm-hmm. Sleep is a huge factor in in ability to lose weight or gain weight, right? If you're gaining yeah. weight or if you're, it's hard to lose weight, you know, because that's an easy win. That's a quick one that you can change right away. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, when you don't have enough sleep, uh, you're tired. And when you're tired, your body's looking for energy. And where is energy? Uh, energy, quick energies, like in refined sugars, uh, caffeines, and uh, those types of things, right? So think about when you're tired, that's what you want. Like you're actually more hungry when you're tired because your body's like, I'm exhausted, I need energy. So these are the things that you want to reach for. So sleep is an easy win. And then in terms of like what to include, I always, I always start with eat, Eat what you love, like when it comes to vegetables. Eat what you love, eat what you like, and and eat what you're curious about. Start there, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't believe in meal planning for other people because, like, I don't know what you like. Same. <laughs> right? I mean, this is something that you should be learning for yourself, not somebody else doing it for you. If you want, if you if you want to, if you want someone to do the work for you, do your own meal planning and get someone to cook it for you. That might be better versus mm-hmm. getting someone to meal plan for you, right? Yeah. Um, but creating your own meal plan and, and start there. And I always say, you know, on a plate of food, half of it should be vegetables, a quarter of it should be like complex carbs and a quarter of it should be uh, protein, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. But definitely at least half of your plate should be vegetables and have it any way you like. Have it steamed, stir fried, whatever, barbecued or whatever, or, or roasted, whatever you like. And um, that's where I usually where I start with something. I always try to make it as easy as possible. Mm-hmm. When you start complicating things, it's like it's too hard. And then they're just gonna throw it out the window, right? So I try to keep it as simple as possible. Oh, and, and for then, the and people water, that you yeah. and I work with, like mm-hmm. so much can be achieved without any technicality. Like, you know what I mean? Like That's just, right. yeah, just moving to whole real food is a massive step and you can lose 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 kilo, kilograms or 100 pounds by just that step alone. Exactly, exactly. I have this male client and he's he's quite, he's very smart. Um, He's too smart for his own good because he's like, well, Amy, I know, you know, this vegetable has this many carbs and calorie count and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know what? Forget it. It's never going to happen. Like, just stop it because <laughs> right? he's very busy. He's working like 12, 14 hours. He's got a family and he runs his own business and, and uh, he's busy. I said, I said, Peter, I said, we've got to simplify it so this way is doable. Half a plate should be vegetables. He goes, okay. And he's trying not to get caught up in all the research, right? Because he likes research. I said, I understand. So keep it simple. Let's start there. And then when you get used to eating half of your plate being vegetables, then you can start thinking about, oh, you know, I'm curious about, I want to eat more um, broccoli because it has more whatever in it. Mm -hmm. uh, Because... 
it's more cleansing or whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is, but start there, make it simple and then work your way up. Don't start with the hard stuff. Start with the easy stuff. Start, go for quick wins. Quick wins boost your confidence, allows you to believe that, it allows you to think and believe that, yes, you can do it, right? It's when it gets too complicated that it, it's, it, it's just not possible for a lot of people. It's interesting you bring up the research piece because I've found, and maybe this is you too, since you and I both work in the beliefs, yeah. you know, feelings, emotions, I find that um, those intelligent people that do lean towards scientific research are so intel- they're too intelligent for their own good because they're often using this really academic intellectual pathway to self-sabotage and because because it's actually justified as, oh, it's in the science, people don't see that they're actually yes. finding a strategy to not commit to themselves or commit to the journey. Do you find that? Yes, it can be, yeah. I think uh, I think not so much with women, women e- e- only for weight loss, but men in terms of nutritional values and stuff like that and, 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 and counting grams and whatever. It's like, okay, if you can't eat half a plate of your vegetables, what makes you think you're going to go and measure your food? Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you're skipping meals, what makes you going to like if you're skipping meals and you got to eat meals like uh, it's not working for you. Right. I could see that it wasn't working for him. Yeah. And um, I I had actually made him uh, a bottle of uh, of uh, of green juice. I make my own uh, green juices, vegetable juice. Mm -hmm. And he just went bonkers for it. Went and bought himself like this eight hundred dollar juicer, and now he's a juicing maniac. And I bought him a bag of wheat. I bought him a bag of wheatgrass juice because he didn't have time to go to the health food store, and uh, and he's just loving it right now. And it literally, it changed his skin. He probably lost. You know, I don't I don't get him to weigh himself or anything. I just look at him and get him to f- make him feel like. I get him to gauge his body based on how he feels. Right, mm-hmm. I guess his skin complexion changed. His pores changed. His weight changed, everything changed just from drinking fresh green vegetable juice. Yeah, amazing. I yeah. love that. Um, and less coffee. And he started drinking less coffee because of it. Uh, yes. Yeah. Coffee is an interesting one. Um, I think because there's a little bit of good research out there about caffeine, yeah. people are like, oh, more is better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not quite. <laughs> not quite. Exactly. Exactly. I've had clients come to me because, Amy, I'm really tired. And I was like, uh, how many cups of coffee are you drinking? Eight. Wow. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's, I go, yeah, that you might need to cut down to, I said, cut down to three to start mm. and then work and then work your way to work your way down to one and then none. So now she's on and off coffee now and she feels a hundred times better. Well, and that's another that one in an regards, one. Yeah. that's another one in regards to like, um, you know, sugar and energy levels. Like people are so addicted to the, the cortisol stress response that they get from um, the caffeine high that they can't imagine doing life without it because, you know, we're all so busy and the modern world has made us feel like we're meant to be doing 400 things at once and because of Instagram, we're not looking as cool as the other people on Instagram. (laughs) And and so it's like, yeah, the reality is you you probably need to only do 50% of the things you're doing (laughs) and you would need less coffee to, to not push you through them all. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a huge, you are absolutely right. You know, I mean, people think that they need to do more to get more, to be more, to have mm-hmm. more. And it's actually the opposite as we, you and I both know. It Counterintuitive. Really is. And, and, you know, and here's the thing, um, Maddie, I read a st- statistics not long ago saying that women's happiness 
is on the decline compared to men. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I believe it's absolutely true because women have a tendency to, they're, they're pleasers. They say yes to everybody else and they say yes to everything else except for themselves. So, so then their, their needs aren't being met. So if their needs aren't being met, then, you know, it's going to affect your happiness in your, in, in your body, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. I, I would say you know? everyone's happiness is deteriorating. Um, mm-hmm. w- women probably more, but um, I think that's a symptom of our social media society. Um, when everything's so accessible, but not truly nourishing or fulfilling, yes. we're always going for the next cookie or the next um, social media interaction or the next app, or we fall asleep with our phones because nothing through the day. We've eaten all of this sugar. We've consumed all of this, you know, Netflix or all of this social media information information and we're still in bed like scrolling staring at our phones before we fall asleep because nothing in the day was fulfilling enough for us to be able to stop and i think you can't get happy off you know micro dopamine hits throughout the day you need to have actually meaningful connected experiences either with yourself or with other humans in order Mm -hmm. to actually fill that cup that's right. That's right. You know, and, and part of what I do is uh, I help women love themselves again because mm-hmm. loving themselves, when when you love yourself, no matter your weight, size, age, or whatever, or shape, it, that's where that's where weight loss happens too. You know, that's what women don't realize or people don't realize is that you have to you have to you have to appreciate yourself mm. because when you don't, you when you hate your body you don't want to look at it. You don't want to look at it. You don't want to pay attention to it. You want to, you want to wear clothes that high. You just don't feel good. You don't want to look it in the mirror. Um, and when you don't look in the mirror, you tune out. You're tuned out of your, your, uh, of your body. You don't know what you ate feels good or doesn't feel good anymore, right? You're too dependent on the diet culture saying you need to eat eight grams of carbohydrates and six grams of whatever <laughs> in your meals versus eating enough because, okay, you know, I've had enough now, right? So, mm-hmm. so tuning in and you have to, you have to begin to love your body no matter your weight and size and, and loving yourself. I read somewhere that like you gotta, you gotta have courage and you, and you do, you have, you have to have courage to, to begin to, to go there, to to give yourself that love and attention that your body needs and wants, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, our culture is so, um, you know, be selfless and give yourself yeah. away and it's just, it's just toxic. Like it's not helping the it's health toxic. of you. Your kids are learning how to treat themselves as adults by watching how you treat yourself. Uh, and so we're in this exactly. world where, yeah, looking after oneself is selfish. Like people are like, oh, you know, don't, don't be selfish. Go and look after someone. Go work harder. Go and do something else. And I think, like, the most important thing is self-care. And you're right. It does, from a social perspective, take some courage to be yes. like, you know what? I'm going to say no to this event so that I can actually have a bath or, you know, whatever it is. Exactly. It's so true. It's so true. And um, I was going to have a – there was something that I was – oh, the, the perfect example – for this, uh, if you ever forget, like, of your own self care, is when you get on a plane and you and they go through the safety the safety um, protocol, mm-hmm. and they're you know you watch the video or they used to be have the person at the front. It's like in case of an emergency, the oxygen max will come down from the ceiling, and you put the mask on yourself first mm-hmm. before you put it on the person you know before you put it on your child or your elderly parent or whoever it may be. Right, so you you have to be able to look after yourself. Um, uh, to be able to look after other people and people, we've got it all like kind of backwards, right? And it's yeah. 
And yeah, it's, 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 and then when, when people are wondering, well, why am I, why am I overweight? Why can't I get this weight off? Right. It's like that, that's another reason why. For yeah. Sure. Well, and that brings up a, you know, a, the complexity of weight loss mm-hmm. because a lot of people just think yes. body fat, food. Um, and, and, you know, we've probably both worked with people that they might, might've gotten the food right. But like when we tell them time and time again, if you do not fix the stress, nothing will ever change. In fact, it'll get worse. Um, you know, if you're not sleeping enough, it'll get worse type thing. And it's like, you know, people just aren't ready to to deal with their stress because they often have to sit mindfully or create space where they've got to experience their feelings and their frustrations and stuff comes up. And so weight loss is far more than just when and what to eat. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we don't, you're absolutely, you got to deal with that stress because it's just showing up, it's just showing currently now in, in weight. But if you let this go on further, potentially, you know, you can get into autoimmune dis- disorders, yeah. you can get into, you know, like, you know, other conditions that you don't ever want to, that you don't ever want cancers and like whatever heart disease and uh uh it could be um it could be like it could be anything any of those types of unwanted diagnoses right that's yeah. what that's what part of di- that's what disease comes from is this imbalance in our not just our physical self but our emotional self our mental self and our spiritual self and we tend to so focus on just the physical body and that's yeah. why we feel like you know you can't get to your weight loss goals because that's just the the symptom of what else, of the imbalance of all the other things, right? Would yeah. you not agree, Maddie? Absolutely, totally agree. Yeah. yeah, and until we create the space to to work through those, um, it's just not going to go in the right direction. And uh, yeah, interesting yeah. you bring up all the other conditions and diseases because, for the most part, weight loss can be complex for some people because of the history of diet culture and damaging you know metabolisms and all sorts of things, but. At least when we're in the weight loss space, we've got a strategy. It might be a few years long, but it's some strategy. We don't want to get into the cancer, you know, heart disease, Graves' disease, thyroid dysfunction, because then we're we're getting really challenging to come back from, you know? Yes, 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 yes. So, you know, uh, yeah, sitting quiet with yourself is the best thing you could do Mm. because, you know... Our body's always speaking to us, right, Maddie? And when we're busy running around like scattered ants, you can't hear what your body's saying. And when your body's talking to you, I realized over the years that a lot of times, most of the time, it's whispering at you. (laughs) (laughs) It's like tapping you on the shoulder lightly. It's not hitting you over the head. sometimes it hits you over the head, but a lot of times it's these whispers and these little taps. And if you're running around with, you know, like a chicken with their head cut off because you're so busy, you can't hear what your body's telling you. Yeah. Right? Well, and we were never taught the literacy, like of, you know, understanding what our body meant because many of the, like... We're in a generation where because technology exists and because of the prestige of doctors, everyone's like, oh, mums don't need to understand how their children's bodies work anymore because there'll be somewhere I can Google it. Whereas back in the day, mums 
mothers were so aware of how bodies should be operating the second something was off and not right uh, and how to respond to it. They'd have remedies and, and solutions or if we go far enough back, they, they would, you know, when it was a group of women that looked after the children, um, you know, there would be right. the group of healers that, that knew what to do, right? So, yeah, I think we're in a situation now where everybody's, there's no tribalism at all. Um, everyone's on their own. Uh, they, yeah. Everyone feels bad for asking for help uh, and they just Google answers, you know, um, which often doesn't end up in the right place because everybody on the internet is selling something. <laughs> <laughs> or either that or, you, or all of a sudden, you, you know, you, go, you find the worst case scenario, right? It's like, oh my yeah. God, I've got the worst thing I could ever possibly have, right? <laughs> <laughs> totally. But, but, but if we, it would be great if we could get back to women particularly, men as well, but women particularly yeah. understanding the feedback of their own body to be able to then communicate to their children this is what this means. Or when this, you feel this way, this is what this means. And this is how we respond. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. I agree. I mean, yeah, there's so much to, there's so much to learn about ourselves. Right. And, and Mm -hmm. we're only, we're only just hitting like, you know, the 5% of, of what we know about our bodies. Right. For sure. (laughs) Not sure. I'm not sure what the percentage is, but but it's low. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. There's so much to learn. There's so much to learn. <laughs> so, Amy, I love that there's somebody else out there in the world um, and there's a group of us that are, that are coming at this problem from this angle. So I love all the work you do. Um, where can everybody find you online and, and get a hold of your stuff? Yeah, well, the best place to find me is on Facebook. It's called Fit and Fierce Over 40. And um, if you go there, there's well, there's a couple of groups. There's the, there's the public free group. Mm-hmm. And there's the private free group. If you join the private free group, there is that's usually where I that that I you know um, there's a lot of free stuff going on there. We have free events like we have expert talk series. We got cooking classes going on. We got uh, we got exor- exercise classes every week that are really fun. Like that, I, I rotate between an expert. No, what's it called? Uh, um, what's it called? It's like uh, where basically I break down I, I break down a specific exercise. So mm-hmm. let's say a deadlift. I'll break it down if I break down. Down a, um, a, a plank, you know, and stuff like that. And then we do cooking classes once a month, and we have mobility classes, stretch classes, a core class. We got lots of stuff happening there. I've got some freebies there too. I've got this thing. What am I? What do I have? It's like oh, three three daily rituals to help you with permanent weight loss, and has nothing to do with food. Amazing. <laughs> so it's really about you know listening, learning how to discover, or basically, it's really about. Um, uh, understanding your own self-talk. Like, what are you saying to yourself about yourself? Because that's really important. Yeah, amazing. Thank you for sharing. And for everybody listening, all of the links that you need will be down in the show notes below. So scroll down there and jump into Amy's world. Um, and Amy, before we wrap up, uh, based on your entire journey and everything you've learned, what is one piece of health information that you wish more people knew about? Oh, boy. Okay. One piece of information. I say, you know, trust yourself. I think, yeah, I think trust, yeah, trusting yourself. Beautiful. I think you can't go wrong when you listen to yourself. You cannot go wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Tune into that feedback, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for being on the show, Amy. Um, I'm looking forward to getting this out to the people. um, And um, we'll hope to have you back soon. Yes. Thank you so much, Maddie. That was super fun. Awesome. (laughs) See ya. See ya. 
Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use. And we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.